Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Well, um, this is an episode that we have to do. I don't really want to. Coastal Carolina basketball uh, exists, and I don't know that it should. Uh, They're bad, and they're so bad that they've gotten to the point where uh, we were talking in our our pre-show meeting that I just don't care anymore. It's it's not that I don't want them to be good. It's not that I, I hope they're bad. It's that they are so bad that it's hard to give a shit. And that's the worst place to be as a program. When you generate apathy instead of joy, instead of happiness, instead of anger, like if you're a good team who has a bad season, most of your fans are angry, right? You generate anger because you're not doing the things that your your fans and and your supporters and and even the team themselves expect when you generate apathy it's over you're not doing anything you're not so good that we're happy and you're not expected to even be good and now you're bad and we're mad about it we're just apathetic. There's nothing left in the tank. You could re-listen to our last basketball episode, the Playing Like Stormtroopers episode, and there's not going to be a lot different in, in this one. And I'm sorry, but when a team like Coastal Carolina that plays in a conference like the Sun Belt, where you have a legitimate chance to make noise every season, are you going to make the tournament as a wild card bid? No, the Sun Belt is is a one bid league. But can you turn some heads and get a first day by and go into the tournament as a two, three, four seed? And oh, look at this good story that Coastal Carolina is. Man, maybe they'll carry this momentum into next season and, and get that NCAA bid for the first time in darn near a decade now. But instead, you go four and eleven. Since the turn of the new year, you're eight and 17. I'll repeat that eight and 17 against division one opponents. That's pathetic. And it's, it's the worst feeling as a fan is to just be apathetic. I just don't care if basketball season ended today. I'd be fine with it just because I'd be done with the misery. Give me something to look forward to because next season will be different. Hopefully. Fingers crossed anyways. But we're not there yet. We've got a couple of games left this regular season. We've got the Sunbelt Tournament, which for those of you who don't know, Coastal Carolina is guaranteed to play on day one. They are one of the worst teams at the bottom basement of the Sunbelt. They're guaranteed to play on day one. And we got to get through that. And postseason play is is out of the question for this team. There's no chance. 
we had senior night the other night and it was the most dejected looking team I've ever seen. And you can tell we're going to go into next season with the same problems we have this year. Cliff Ellis is probably going to be the head coach because Matt Hogan is groundhog day ass is afraid to change something. Most of this team is going to transfer out. You're going to have to replace 12, 13 bodies with new guys. And we've got one guy, two guys committed to this program right now to come in next season. The hell is going on, man. And I'm sorry. I got on my soapbox to start this, this episode. I'll let the other guys chime in here. We're, uh, we're without Mario tonight, so it's just Jordan, Josh, and myself. But I'll turn it to you, Josh. This has been a disappointment of a season beyond anything we expected. Is there anything redeemable in the last few games of the season? Is there anything you're looking at for positives for this year or maybe even going into next? Uh, Really, it's just I want to see, at this point, some certain guys just – I feel bad for them, like Antonio Day – Jamaru Brown, these are two guys that they came here, all the stars aligned that they were going to be able to play together their final year of college basketball. And then lineup switches, ineligibility, they've played like six games together. And, and this is their last ride. So I hope that the the redeeming thing is obviously, and it's the great thing about college basketball, is that technically there's always a chance because – if, if five, I mean, five games in five days is, is ridiculous. And like, you never hear about that, but technically we're five games away from March Madness. So I just want to see the guys go out, put everything behind them, put all the coaching behind them, the noise, and just try to ball out one last time and at least get a couple wins. And maybe we win two or three games and it's a story. And so I, I would just say, I just hope that we have like, a quote-unquote run in the Sunbelt Tournament that skies like Antonio Day, Jamar Brown, Josh Duje, Isam Mustafa, hopefully he's able to play and be healthy. I just want to see them ball out and try to get a, give it everything they had because this has just been unfortunate. This has been a terrible season. Like we mentioned, 8-17 and 17 against Division One teams, and that's like what all like Ken Palm and the net rankings have us at. They have us around 283rd in the country out of 360-something teams, that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. We lost to Chicago State. Like, it's just been a bust of the season, to say the least. Um, so the only redeeming thing I can say is that um, at least we have a single elimination tournament, and we've seen it before with other teams. I remember a Wyoming team a couple of years ago got in. They had eight total wins after the conference tournament. And they ended up getting in. So, like, they had three wins going into it. That's the great thing about college basketball. So, just give us something to be excited for, even though I know a lot of those guys, if any, are coming back next year. Just, I know it's tough, but whatever you can do for Coastal to make us proud, you do have a stage and there is a path. So, there's always a chance. Hey, you want some good news? I can give you one good stat to come out of this season. What's the stat? Cliff Ellis has extended his record for the most losses by a head coach in Division I college basketball history. He added 17 of those bad boys this year. That's it. That's the only positive. It's a pretty good clip to keep up. It's going to be hard to beat. 
Yeah, dude, that record will stand for so long. We looked at it and we looked at like the guys coming up that are even like within closing distance of of the most within, like losses. 150 losses. Yeah, yeah, and and the only guy that's close is a guy that's Cliff Ellis's age anyways is probably going to retire soon. And there's like one guy who's just terrible and we don't think he'll be a coach for very much longer anyways. So that'll be Cliff Ellis's record till the day he dies and, and far beyond. The only guy that I can see like age wise and everything working out that that could be gunning for it is Jeff Jones over at old dominion used to be the coach at UVA. And I mean, he's, he put up about 14, 15 losses this year too, but even then it's going to take another 12, 13, 14 years after Cliff stops coaching. And so he's the only one of the guys that I'm looking at that's really gunning for that record. But yeah, we, we did a deep dive one day, um, way too deep of a dive. And yeah, he's going to have that record for, if you guys want to come back to this as like a, when, when the um, anthropologists of like the 23rd century come back and study what was college basketball, hopefully they find this, relic and and that the record still stands to that day they're trying to figure out why we we valued losses so much and it's like oh no no we didn't he just had a shitload of them (laughs) jordan (laughs) this season has been a bitter pill to swallow the last couple of games have have really been tough i mean coastal has dropped a lot of games to teams that are near and around them in the standings for the Sun Belt. How is how are you feeling right now with this team? And and I'll ask you the same question I asked Josh. Is there anything positive that we can take away from this season? And again, knowing that there's at least three more games to play, is there anything in those three games that they can do that would that would change your opinion of this team at all? Well, if you want to know how I'm feeling right now, I'm just I'm tired. I'm tired of all this losing. I'm tired of us getting all these great players and then you know when we try to make it all work it doesn't work i'm tired of us being um i'm tired of us just underachieving i mean i i I feel like coastal could definitely be one of the schools that could actually be one of the hidden gems of college basketball but we can't seem to get it to work whether it be the coaching which i think it is the coaching but you know it's is I'm just tired of it. We we we've had too much, too many talented players come through this program over the last two or three, four years, and we have yet to even get close to a Sun Belt tournament championship game to try to go to the NCAA tournament, and it's frustrating. Um, you know, we don't get a lot of we we get some fans at the games, and then some some games we don't get fans at the games, and. You know, it, I want something special to be here at Coastal, but I know it's not going to happen with uh, with Cliff Ellis as, as at the helm as head coach. Um, and you know, I, I hate it for the guys. I, I feel just like you you guys feel. I hate it for you know Josh Duja. I hate it for Isam Mustafa. I hate it for Antonio Day and Jamaru Brown and uh, Will Lakai. You know, these are guys that have been with this program for a while, and you know they all have said that they wanted to, you know, make it to the NCAA tournament. I mean, guys, if you're listening out there, that can still be uh, accomplished. You guys can still make it to the NCAA tournament. Um, The one team that I think of is the 2010 UConn team that 
won five games in five days um, to get the automatic bid for the NCAA tournament. So this is possible. It's just I want to see these guys just keep continuing to play hard. They got to keep playing hard, and they got to want this. It can happen. I think it could happen, but I'm 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 through. I'm 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 done. I'm I'm up to here with it. I'm I really want change. I'm pushing for the board of directors. I'm pushing for President Benson. I'm pushing for Matt Hogue, even though we know he probably won't do anything about it. But I'm pushing for change because you know it's it's unacceptable. We 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 have we've had too many good too many good teams in the past, and excluding this year, that could have took this team to the um, NCAA tournament. And it's just frustrating. And only thing I can say for the guys is, you know, keep playing hard. You know, these last two games, give it everything you got in the in the Sun Belt tournament, and you know, open up some eyes. You know, just think of it like this: this might be your last chance putting on that coastal uniform. And some of you may be already out of the program, but you know, these fans deserve to see you guys go out and give it everything you got. They want to see you make it to the NCAA tournament. So just go ahead, give it everything you got on these last five games or seven games, and then make a run, make a run and prove people wrong. That's all I can say. Yeah. I don't want people to think that me being negative like this is me hating the players or anything. I I truly, like you guys said, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for these guys that committed to coastal Carolina and had these dreams of taking coastal Carolina to the tournament. And, And even if they were selfish dreams, just to see themselves in the tournament, it would have elevated our program to a, a height that, that we haven't seen in so long. And you throw them in a system coached by Cliff Ellis that doesn't work and hasn't worked. And you throw guys like Josh Uduje, who has a legitimate chance to go pro. I, I, I don't know that he's NBA level. He's damn close to it. He's probably on the level of like a, a high-end G League guy on a two-way contract type thing. And if he continues to work hard, who knows, in the next two years, he, he might elevate himself to, to NBA level. And you throw him in Cliff Ellis' system, and it doesn't work. The talent is there. The ability is there. And and Josh Uduje can't do anything. I mean, for crying out loud, Uduje's our leading scorer, and he's got 13 and a half. Three and a, three point eight boards and essentially one assist a game. That's pathetic, and that's not a shot at Josh Uduje. Josh Uduje in a system that was designed to complement him in a system that wasn't designed to work before basketball was desegregated. Like that would have he he would be a superstar but Cliff Ellis is stuck in 1940 and he runs an offense that doesn't take advantage of the three-point line. It never has. It doesn't take advantage of the athleticism of the players in this program. It doesn't take advantage of the passing ability of the guards on this program. The team is averaging 12 and a half assists per game. That's okay-ish. For college basketball, like it's it's not good, but it's about middle of the pack in the Sun Belt. And we know Antonio Day can sling the ball around. 
we know Josh Uduje can sling the ball around. They can move and they can cut and they can find guys sitting in the corner who's wide open. But instead, we're going to run this half-court offense. We're going to dribble down and our point guard's going to stare at his man for 10 seconds. And then we're going to try and do one screen and one move. And the shooting guard and the small forward haven't moved in 30 seconds. That's our offensive game plan. And I'm sorry, but if that's your offensive game plan, something is radically wrong with your coaching staff. And we've seen that this year. This team is way better than 8 and 17. I'm not giving them credit for those three wins over Division three schools and, and that. No, you don't get those. You are a sub-10 win team. You have to win two of your last... You, you have two regular season games and at least one tournament game. They have to win two of those to get to double-digit wins against Division One teams this season. I don't think it's going to happen. And, and if Cliff Ellis is the coach next season, we will know for sure, 100%, that Coastal Carolina, Matt Hogue, um, the Board of Trustees, the Athletics Department as a whole, does not give a shit about results. They do not give a shit about competing. They give a shit about the social media post and ESPN showing up one time a year because Cliff Ellis hit some new milestone for wins. That's it. And and it's it's pathetic. Josh, you, you had something to add here. Yeah. Um and I just think now you have so much data on what your team is, especially at this point in the season. And I would just I just every single game our offense does not seem to reflect that. It does in certain points. Like that James Madison game. We went up ten points at halftime to James Madison. And then we everything we did right in the first half. This was without Isam Mustafa. We just completely turned it off, and they came back and wanted me to score like 24 points in the second half. We don't have many spot-up shooters on this team, yet we continuously take a ridiculous amount of threes a game, not targeted at the right guys. At this point, we know that Linton Brown is a very good three-point shooter, 39%. Kylan Blackman, very good, 37.5%. And Henry Abraham, he's actually been playing really well lately, 37% from three. And then after that, it kind of falls off. The next guy's like 31%. Those are your shooters. Put them on the perimeter, run plays to get the ball to them. But instead, we just kind of no offensive direction. One of those guys needs to be on the floor at all times, just catch and shoot. But we, I don't, it's like we freelance out there and there's not really, and we've said this before in other episodes. I think after the Charleston game, which was a long time ago now, there's no offensive purpose on this team. And then don't even get me started on the defense because let, let's just go find on Ken Palm. Our defense, defensive efficiency is ranked 329th in the country out of 363 teams. Our offense, like I said, no direction, nothing special about it. A hundred and... 89. So, and that's that's pure talent. Have, that's not system. That's not like Cliff Ellis no, is not putting his players guys in that can knock down. That's just because we have guys that can knock them down. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So, that's just having one or then, two guys that know is, what they're doing. Yeah, but the defense is bottom 
30 in the entire country. And there's a lot of teams that play Division One basketball. Yeah, it's it's totally unacceptable to to have this team this low and and this tragic and this painful. Painful is the word I'm looking for. And it sucks. It really, really sucks because on this show, we always try to look at Coastal through rose-tinted glasses. And I know that sometimes, you know, some of our episodes seem super negative and that doesn't really come through. But we are a podcast about a tiny little school in the hamlet that is Conway, South Carolina, that is a blip on the map of college athletics. If you think that we don't care about this team, or you think that we're being too harsh, or you think that that we're being assholes to Cliff Ellis, it's not because we're we're angry, mad, bad people. It's because we want better for our school. And coming into this year, bringing in Antonio Day, bringing in Jamaru Brown, you know, Uduje had a year under his belt in the system. Isam Mustafa was going to be a year better. And this is what you produce? I'm sorry, but no. It's not acceptable. It's not okay. And again, we'll see. When when this this fall rolls around and if Cliff Ellis is still in charge, we'll know for sure that the university does not care about winning, does not care about performance. They just care about their one social media graphic that shows up on SportsCenter a year. There's also a chance that they might care about not getting zapped by light. Just a slight chance. Oh, boy. Jordan, I'll turn it over to you for the final thoughts on the men's team. Is there any way that you can put a bow on this discussion? Hashtag fire Cliff Ellis. I'm 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 on your bandwagon now. I am on your bandwagon. I've I'm the one that's been defending Cliff Ellis, and you know what? I'm done defending the man. I hate to say it, but this man's got to go. But until we see what go happens in the 2023, I haven't given up much hope. I'm I'm close, but I ain't given up that much hope because, like I said, you know, Josh said it. You know, anything can happen in college basketball. So I haven't given up that much hope. I'm getting close to it, but I think this team. We're gonna really see what this team's made about in these last potentially three games. But I think that, you know, they're going to go out and give it the best they can. And, you know, hopefully we'll be having some he- some headlines about this team going to the tournament after starting the first week of the tournament. But we'll, we'll see. Um, but I'm I'm with these guys until the end. You know, shot, shots for life. So we'll see what happens. Shots for life, but do not let Cliff Ellis into the HTC Center ever again, please. He coached his last game at the HTC Center. Never again. A little, little bit of a different question. Um, say miraculously, um, he wins the Sun Belt tournament. How many more years does that buy him at Coastal Carolina? Zero. Zero. I do not give a shit. <laughs> That'd be a good way to go out. Like, because like five games in five days is ridiculously hard, but it doesn't change the fact that you were sub five hundred against D one teams going into that tournament. I are not sub five hundred, sub double digit wins. It doesn't like change three hundred, yeah. Yeah. 
No, it doesn't change it. Zero. He earns zero more years for getting us to the tournament. But I know this athletics department, and I know that that banner-raising ceremony on the first night will have Cliff Ellis oh on God. fucking center court <laughs> with his 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 little old man smile up on the Jumbotron, and none of the players from that team will be back because they'll see through will the will be ready to tip off against... Southwestern State University. Yeah, dude, we'll be ready to tip off against the Louisiana School of the Deaf and Blind. (laughs) Like, that's just what it is. And I I can't. I I know that a miracle run like that would earn him more time, but in my book, zero more years. Jordan, how do you feel about that? We'll pose the same question to you. I mean, I feel the same way that you guys feel. I mean, I feel just like you do, Curtis. I mean, I think they're going to give him more years if he does miraculously win this Sunbelt tournament and gets us to the tournament, NCAA tournament. But I don't want him back. I mean, we've seen what he's done this whole season, and it's not even just this season. You know, it's been the last two, three seasons. You know, I think that it's hard for change, and I know how much it is hard for a Coastal to have change. But you got to understand, we're, we're getting close to 10 years where we've made our last NCAA tournament appearance. You got to make that change. And I don't care if the man is in his late 70s, about to be early 80s. You got to you got to move on and bring somebody in here that's going to change the the culture and the trajectory of this basketball team. And I think we've got it for women's basketball. We just got to find that one for men's basketball. But I don't think he needs to come back even if he does take us to the tournament. I'm with you. I think, and here's the other thing, no one from this current staff gets promoted to head coach either. I'm sorry, you're all gone. And I know that's the easy way out. I know that's the easy way out. But I know that this athletics department's capable of hiring good candidates. They hired Tim Beck for the football program. I just don't trust them when it comes to basketball. We've been okay to mediocre ever since 2014 and it's unacceptable like i'm sorry but no benny moss next season he's not head coach benny moss he is unemployed benny moss if you're gonna bring back anybody you go and you get september that would be a guy with coastal connections i second that that. yeah that would be a guy with coastal connections that i would be okay with bringing back the rest of them shove it they're all unemployed. I've and if they're your head coach, you lost. You already lost. I'm sorry. But replacing Cliff Ellis with his assistant coach is not replacing Cliff Ellis. You might as well get one of those robots that have like the screen that's just on a pole with two wheels, and you just put Cliff with Ellis wheels, on that yep. and roll him into every meeting if Benny Moss is your head coach. Because that's essentially what you did. Is you just hired Cliff Ellis Without that, paying, that would balance. be another way for us to make headlines. So we might not want to give them ideas. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. If our head coach is, he doesn't actually first come to campus. Coach. He's the first robot head coach. You imagine that little wheelie thing trying to chase down a referee, <laughs> and then oh, after a after a while, it won't even be a screen anymore. It, it'll be his DNA uploaded. So yeah, dude. It'll be it'll be like like Tupac hologram on the sideline of just of Cliff Ellis just 
The man's not even dead. He's just live acting in it. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's move on to something uh, more positive. Women's basketball. This is a team that, uh, again, second year in a row has surprised us. Not necessarily in the way that we expected. Um, We expected growth. We expected progress. We did not expect 12 and 15 and winning against some of the best teams in the Sun Belt. Now, yes, they have turned around and lost to some of the worst teams in the Sun Belt, but you take what you can get. And uh, this is, again, this is a program that two years ago, uh, what, Josh, double check me on here. They won three games. Not last year, but the year before. Yeah. Like you're talking, you could count the number of wins on one hand. And to now be 12 and 15. And remember, they played Georgia. South Carolina, and they played Kentucky. They played Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Those are legitimate teams that if they had done what the men's basketball team does and scheduled, you know, the the Florida school of, of deaf and blind, they'd be over 500 right now. But instead, they went out and challenged themselves, and you're seeing the deaf and you're seeing the progress. You're seeing the dividends of going out and doing that, challenging yourself. Yes, you got your ass kicked by South Carolina. You know, you you lost that game by almost 70 points. But you're better for it. And and that's what this team is about. This team is about development. This team is about coming out on the other side. Currently, um, they have a first-round bye in the Sunbelt tournament. That's something the men can't say. And they have a legitimate chance of, of winning it. Four four games in four days is a hell of a lot easier than five games in five days. Sorry, but it is. Are they the best team in the Sun Belt? No. But they are one of the better teams that Coastal Carolina has put out in, in a couple of years, probably since the 2014 men's team that went to the tournament. And, and that's really impressive. Josh, I'll turn it over to here over to you here. This has been a really positive season. What what have been your biggest takeaways from what the women's team has done so far this year? Yeah, so like you mentioned, they've be they've now be <clears throat> you look at the standings right now, James Madison's in first place, Troy's in second place, but they're technically tied for first place. Coastal Carolina has beat both of those teams. Then they've gone and lost to ULM and Arkansas State, who are two of the bottom three teams in the sub belt. But one of those games is when we were missing four girls to a sickness, whatever, but you still got to win those games. But they've shown that they can beat the top teams in the Sun Belt. So when you're narrowing it down to four games and then you've got to beat teams that they've split a lot of games with these teams. They're 7-9 on the season in conference play. They get to play Georgia State here at home on Wednesday, tomorrow, and they should win that game. That would get get them to eight and nine, and then they got a really tough one against Old Dominion on Saturday or on Friday, rather. So they they have a real chance to go nine and nine into the Sun Belt tournament and be like the eight seed, and then get to play like the nine seed in the first round. And then if they win that, they get to play the winner of like the team they've already beat in either Troy or James Madison. So what once you knock them off, theoretically, it gets easier. So you could realistically formulate a path for them to get to March Madness because they beat the top two teams. And what do you need to do that? You need scores. 
You need girls who can step up in big moments. And we got two of them. On last Saturday against Troy, Deasa Richardson had 37 points, something like that. I mean, that's ridiculous. She's able to take games over. She's This is her last year along with Asia Blunt. I think Deasia might have one, one more, but you have two girls that can take over a game at any time. And I'll get a little more into specifics and stats later, but yeah, I mean, there's a real, you could make a real argument that they could get to March Madness and be the first team to represent us in that in like eight years. Yeah, I think it's a legitimate shot. Jordan, they have got a couple of games left, much like like the gentleman. They've got two games left and then Sunbelt Tournament. In those last three games, let's say that, you know, just in case they, they lose that first game, have they done enough this season to build real strong, positive momentum heading into next year? I know it's a little bit too early to give predictions and that sort of thing, but has this season been enough of a step forward for this basketball program and, and where they are trying to get to in the near future? I think it has. I think I think that they have definitely made some improvements. I think the last two years have been improvements, even when Coach Jada was here. But I think it's, it's just a little different with uh, Coach Pedersen. I think that with him and the staff that he brought over from Lander, I think that this is something Teal Nation should be excited for for years to come because, man, even if they lose, I think that they're still going to be in good shape um, going into the Sun Belt Tournament because, you know, they just play hard. I, like I, I've said in the, I said in the Playing Like Stormtroopers uh, podcast episode, they play for their coach. They play for all their coaches, and they 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 have each other's back. I like DeAsia Richardson a lot. I like Asia Blunt a lot. Uh, Jordan Newsom, we've talked highly of her over the last couple of years. We know what she's capable of doing. Um, but more importantly, I think that you know DeAsia and Asia feel like they got something they got to prove. This is pretty much Asia's last year, I believe, because she's already graduated from Coastal. Asia, I'm not sure. She may have another year of eligibility left, but they've never been to the NCAA tournament. You don't think that they're motivated enough to try to lead this team to the tournament? You don't think Coach Pedersen's going to drive it in each of those girls' heads that they want to try to win all these four games? Only four games away from making it to the tournament. The first team to do it since the men in 2014. Man, that would be an amazing year even if all things considered you know their the wins and the losses aren't really connected if they can get to the tournament i would give Pedersen an extension that's just me i would give him that that bonus money you were going to give cliff ellis give it to him that's just me but i i think that this team's got something to prove and i think that they're going to up, upset some teams in this tournament and i think that they're going to open some eyes i I, I think they have what it takes to get to the tournament this year. And I would be so excited for them because the girls have never been, I don't think, in the history of the of women's basketball here at Coastal. I don't think they've ever been. So what a year that would be for us. Yeah, um, I think there was that year where they were the best team in the Sun Belt, but it was that COVID year where the tournament was canceled. They were the one seed heading into the women's tournament. And they haven't had the chance to go back since then. And I know – I think Asia and DeAsia were on that team. So if there's any sense 
fans of we missed out on that. They have a real chance to go back and get it here. And I think for me to say that we have something to build on, I think we need to beat Georgia State on Thursday because it's a game we should win. We're better than that team. And then I think we have to win one Sunbelt tournament game. Losing in the, the round of 12 is just not enough for me. So I think if we can get into the round of eight, I think that sets us up on a real pillar to build on. And and I think we have the, the people to do it, especially with the shooting. I mean, I was just looking. We have eight girls on the team that are shooting at 30% or above from three on this team. I think for the men, that stops at four. So we have legitimate depth from shooters. And Miriam Ricarte, who is her last year as well, she actually came over from Lander with Patterson. And she's like a stretch four girl that never complains, doesn't talk a lot, but she shoots 41% from three. She's one of the leading three-point shooters in the entire country by percentage. So I think we have the people to do it. Angie Just Jean can space the wing. They've got, I mean, they plays eight, nine, ten girls every game, and they do complete line changes. And I think the thing that sticks out to me and and is could be our downfall in the tournament, but is also the reason that we could advance and win the whole thing, is that I think we play to the level of our competition most of the time, and that causes us to lose a lot of close games and and win a lot of close games as well. But lost to Louisiana Monroe, the one that we shouldn't have. We lost by two. Beat Marshall the next game by four. We lost a close one to App State. JMU game was real close, and then we blew them out at the end. And then just look at the month of February so far. Lost to Arkansas State by four. Beat App State by three. Lose to Marshall by five. Beat Troy. And, and this is a game we beat James Madison by attacking them and pressing them all game because all of their girls were taller than every girl on our team. And it was a masterful coaching implementation of the strategy. And then against Troy, we scored 99 points on them. And he took a completely different approach. So we can out-defense you. We can outscore you. And whatever the team's weakness is, I think I trust Kevin Pedersen to attack that. And that's why I would like us in. You got to win four to advance. Yeah, I think this team has has a real legitimate shot at at winning the Sun Belt and making the tournament and and making us all proud. To answer my own question, I think they've already done enough. I think the icing on the cake would be like Josh said to win two out of the three. One of them being a Sun Belt tournament game. Um, if you can win two in the tournament, I, I think that just that sets you up for so much success. That sets you up, and it shows just how good of a hire this was by by the athletics department and just how good this team can be in the coming years if you stick with this plan and, and you find the right girls to, to go with him and, and find this success. And I don't think we're far off from being one of the better programs in and out of the Sun Belt every year. You know, no more of the 3-27 the and 27 years. Your worst year is... 20 and 10 your worst year is you know 18 and, and 12 type thing and, and i don't think that's that's crazy to expect i think it's crazy to expect it like next year uh <laughs> but i think in the very near future coastal carolina women's basketball can become a destination for a lot of of these young women 
looking to play professional basketball and, and looking at schools that are a little bit smaller than your big names, your your South Carolinas, your Tennessees, your Yukons, that sort of thing. And they can look and see at the success that Coastal Carolina has and how they can contribute to that. And this season and last, to be honest, have really proven that the coastal women's basketball is heading in, in a really good direction. And it's it's funny that, you know, the, the projections for the men's basketball team are if we win like three games next season, it's not as bad as it could have been. But we're expecting 15, 16, 17 out of, out of the women's team. And that's awesome to have on this campus to have another program that's that's competing well and doing the things that they need to do to be successful. Before we go ahead and wrap up this episode, um, just want to go over a couple things. Uh, Josh is doing a hell of a good job on our social media, um, our Twitter. We are currently in the process of posting um, our synopsis of a lot of the transfers and recruits that coastal Carolina football has gotten. So if that's something you're interested in, go ahead, drop a follow on the Twitter uh, and Instagram. Uh, Twitter is the Shant show C H A N T S H O W. And uh, Instagram is the same without the, the, so just at Shant show. Um, Going to be hitting those, the social media channels pretty hard here. Uh, baseball season has started. Softball season has started. So keep your uh, ears and eyes open for content regarding both of those. Um, in fact, there will be a, a baseball and a softball episode dropping here in the very, very near future. And uh, yeah, I think with that, I go ahead and wrap it up uh, again. Follow us on Twitter at the Shant show on Instagram at Shant show. Um, drop us questions, drop us uh, suggestions for coastal Carolina's next men's basketball head coach. That's what I want to see in the comments. And, you know, there's a little Q&A section um, on Spotify. If you have questions for us, those come directly into our email inbox. We get those every single time. Um, so if you uh, you drop one in there, we'll, we'll be sure to find it. But, uh, yeah, hit us up. Uh, start interacting, and we'll see you real soon. Sean's up. Mark Lepelis. <laughs>